We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 278 On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news And then we'll uh, be taking a look at uh, what we all did down in Austin for the ATX Television Festival Season 4. And then we'll close out uh, with some TV recommendations. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 278. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. And this week I have joining me... Emma Loggins from fanbolt.com. And Kyle Nolan from nobodyruns.net. Thank you both for joining me on the podcast today, and it seems like just saw you just like a day or two ago. <laughs> just a few hours ago, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As you were both rushing out to catch your shuttles and Ubers to the airport. <laughs> All right, first up, a little bit of news before we get into uh, talking about ATX and uh, all the uh, all the fun we had down there. Adult Swim has renewed Children's Hospital for a seventh season. I haven't seen the previous six, but <laughs> neither have I. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> but, so. but I, but I was going to say, I think Kyle will be happy that that's coming back, and Amory probably as well. It'll probably take you less than a day to catch up on all <laughs> seven. That is the that is the one thing. There's short episodes and short number of episodes, so it really you really could watch it relatively quickly. Uh, on the other side of things, something that's long, along with lots of episodes. <laughs> Uh, Teen Nick canceled Degrassi, The Next Generation. It had been on for 14 seasons. And then here we are a couple days later, and Netflix and Canada's Family Channel has revived the series that will now be Degrassi, The Next Class. So there's 20 more episodes at least coming to (laughs) Netflix and Canada's Family Channel of the teen soap that will never die. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever even seen a, a second of it. I saw the original, but not the next generation. <laughs> I haven't seen either, but I do know that uh, Nina Dobre from Vampire Diaries, yeah. who just left that show, also, I guess, left that show or <laughs> got started on that show. I don't know if she actually left or completed her role there or what happened, but she was on it. Yeah, there were – I mean, yeah, the I would you would hear about it all the time because a lot of uh, like uh, the one – the lead, one of the lead actresses on the new 90210 – you know, she was from Degrassi, and so you'd always hear it as the latest teen ingenue out of Canada had <laughs> been on the show. <laughs> uh, and then, lastly, uh, Showtime has uh, will be joining the will be joining HBO with doing a straight to streaming service, and uh, that sounds like it's supposed to start up in July. And it's going to be similar to how HBO started theirs. It's going to be Apple only for the first <laughs> bit with the app. And it's going to be uh, – you can get your, like, first month free when you sign up, and then it will be fourteen ninety nine a month. I think it's only or something 11, like that. 10 or eleven ninety nine. Maybe it was – yeah, that's what it was, Ten ninety nine. Fourteen ninety nine is what the HBO one is, I think. And so it was, it was less than that. They've also already announced the Roku, so I'm not sure how long that Apple – that Apple exclusive is it's yes yeah, well it's some sh- some period of time that uh, I I get sort of the the slow rollout I guess of not just putting everything out there but it also seems weird to me you know like Apple iPhone yes there's a lot of them and <laughs> but there's also a lot of Android devices these days and it doesn't seem like that that's always the best but if Apple's breaking into that billions of dollars they have in the <laughs> bank to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah, to do some sort of uh, – yeah, I don't know. Just kind of funny. But anyways, that's another one. Uh, so I guess that leaves what? Like stars as the, the next premium <laughs> ta- cable channel uh, to finally get in the uh, – to get in the game with a straight, to, straight streaming service. But I don't know. I get all that stuff – Right now, through since I have Showtime, so uh, but for all the you know the cord cutters, you can now get it straight through. And so pretty soon, when you've bought your HBO over the top and your Showtime straight through, and 
you're paying for, you know, your CBS access to all the stuff and your Netflix and your Hulu and your Amazon Prime and this thing and the other thing and you're going to be paying 150 bucks a month <laughs> for your <Right>? anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I suppose if you only really want one of those you're saving money but if you want to have access to multiple things uh, it's going to be similar anyways all right uh, that's enough on the news and uh, we'll move into what uh, we're really here to talk about no primetime section this week because you know spend our, our time at a TV festival and didn't watch anything. Didn't watch any TV <laughs> except for things that were being screened. So you know, <laughs> at the festival, uh, for the most part. Although I did watch a couple of Friends episode reruns, like back at the hotel. Like <laughs> just <laughs> when I was in the airport, there was like a four or five year old kid uh, complaining to his parents, like I missed all my shows while we were on vacation. I'm like, Aww. I got you, kid. I understand. <laughs> feel your pain, son. I feel your pain. <laughs> Anyways, we all just got back from uh, the ATX Television Festival, uh, season four. It's the fourth one they've done. Uh, it was Kyle and I's first trip down there. Emma, this was your second? No, that's right. Second time uh, going down there for all the uh, TV Fest fun. And uh, I thought we'd just sort of go over some of the things we did. Uh, each day and give people a flavor of what kind of what kind of stuff you can find to do there and you know maybe maybe some people listening uh, will want to come and join us in the uh, tv fund next year since kyle and i have already bought our tickets for next year spoiler alert <laughs> we're going again <laughs> <laughs> all right so start off with uh, you know thursday thursday was the day everybody was pretty much getting in uh, to the festival, you know, in picking up badges and whatnot. And they did USA Network uh, Complications uh, premiere screening there with the first, uh, with, well, 90-minute episode, but, you know, the two-hour premiere of Complications. And uh, I got in a little late, so I couldn't go to the screening, but I'd already seen the episode, so that wouldn't have been, it wasn't that big. But what would have been cool would have been to see the Q&A uh, with uh, some of the cast afterwards. But uh, both of you ended up uh, at the complication screening. Emma, what did you think about the screening and then the Q&A after? Um, it was great. I actually had a um, – I was supposed to interview one of the cast members beforehand, and little did I know walking into it, uh, never – not having seen the pilot episode or any of the other episodes that they had sent out, um, I was interviewing two cast members, an EP and, of course, series creator Matt Nix. So I was like, oh, well, this is I'm, – I'm prepared for this. Um, but uh, it was actually great. Um, it's really cool because the series uh, is shot in Atlanta and it's set in Atlanta, and, of course, I'm from Atlanta. So there was a lot to, to kind of talk about on, on that note. Um, but it seemed really cool. It seemed very much like um, a Matt Nix kind of feel to the series with maybe a, a little um, less explosions than like Burn Notice, although he he did assure, assure us that there was going to be some more some more of that kind of thing coming down the line. But um, everything went over really well. Um, and I think it was well received by the audiences. And um yeah, I think it I think it was fun. Yeah, I think that was one of the things I noticed that was very interesting because you don't think about it TV-wise. I mean, you know about it like when you go to the movies that it's different watching a movie in a group mm -hmm. by yourself or just with a couple people or something like that at home. And that was something I noticed a lot with some of the screenings that you did is when you were, you know, you're watching it in this, you know, various sizes of, of you know, groups from, you know, 50 people to... 300 people or something like that uh, for some of these screenings and of watching a TV show on a big screen with a whole group of people it adds a whole different dynamic to like what you're <laughs> what you're watching you you get a, an interesting idea of how of of what is affecting people right uh, and that might not be affecting you or what people are finding funny that, you know, maybe you don't find funny or what you're finding funny that other people aren't, or, uh, it's, it's very, it's a, it's a very interesting experience. How about you, Kyle? what do you think of, uh, 
I, I, well, I had already watched the first three episodes, so I, I sat right in, like, the front row, so, I mean, my neck was, like, strained to, <laughs> to watch the episode again, but I didn't care because I wanted to be there close for the uh, Q&A. Uh, the, they only had two of the cast members. Uh, they had um, Beth uh, Riesgraf, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, the one from Leverage, um, and then... Uh, and Jessica. The, uh, yeah, and am I going to try to pronounce her last name? I, th- I think it's Jessica Soares. Soares? Zors. I think it's. I think that's how you say it. From a uh, Gossip Girl, she played Vanessa on a uh, Gossip Girl. But I, I thought the Q and A was entertaining, and I liked how they talked a bit about how um, the show has already been done. So they're like it's already completed now uh, before they're airing. So um, I think that was this one, right? Yeah, they yeah. already filmed. Yeah. Yeah, they've so, got, oh yeah, yeah. You've yeah. already seen I've all got the I've got all ten episodes sitting <laughs> here on the desk, so I'm pretty sure they're done. <laughs> so it, they were talking about how that, like, what that what that was like, uh, not having like the interaction with the audience beforehand. To, there's no changing it; it's just done the way it's done. Uh, but yeah, I, I like you said, it was interesting watching it because like you hear laughter at some places. We're like, oh, I didn't realize that was supposed to be funny. Like, but. Like the audience seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing about complications is is not uh, while it is from Burn Notice creator Ratnicks, it doesn't quite have the the feel. Well, the humor yeah. side to it. It's definitely more drama, and then it, it has you know some action and and you know things that are lots of things that are happening. You know, complications going on <laughs> that that need to be dealt with. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, the the comedy side of things. Uh, but it is I I say I I say you, you need to give it at least to the second episode or the third hour total because it's not till the third hour that you see what is really going to be happening, like how it's going to work from week to week, like what the series is. Two hours, the two hour premiere is interesting, but it doesn't really tell you. What is the on like how things are going to work? Right. Uh, which is there's so many shows that I've watched recently that I go, man, that if that was a two hour, they really needed to do a two hour premiere, you know, because and then here's one that did a two hour premiere. And I'm still like, they still didn't quite tell you like what the series <laughs> is going to be, and, but they did it. It seems like they should have been able to in two hours. But, yeah, I didn't make it to the to the screening. My flight got in a, a little bit, uh, you know, later in the day, but I was able to get there and get my badge picked up so that I was ready to go uh, Friday uh, when things started in the morning without having to go get in a line to pick up my badge at nine o'clock in the morning when stuff was going to be starting at ten. You know, <laughs> ten o'clock, fifteen minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the and it seemed to be a lot of the panels and things that I was interested in. We're all happening at uh, the Google Fiber Space, which was the one event venue that was sort of. I mean, it's not like it was super far, but it just wasn't in the same general vicinity. Like a lot of stuff was happening at either the Stephen F. Austin, uh, the Alamo Draft House, or you know, like the Paramount, the, the state, state you know, the Paramount, and the Stateside Theater, which are all, you know, they're all right there within the. Well, the, the the Paramount and the Stateside and the Stephen F. Austin are all right there next to each other. And the Alamo Draft House is only, you know, like a couple blocks away. And and so a lot of the stuff was happening uh, there. But Google Firespace was like, I don't know, probably like a 10, 12-minute walk away, a few blocks away. That uh, So... It wasn't like you could get out of something and get in line for something <laughs> when you had to factor in a 10 to 15 minute walk, depending on what red lights and how you could cross the street and whatnot uh, to get there. Although it ended up being not too bad since I had my badge and the hotel Kyle and I were staying at uh, was closer to the Google Fire Space. So it made it only just a couple blocks to walk down uh, uh, to go to that. Kyle, what about what? What did you? Uh, what things did you do on Friday? Uh, so I'll go over the list and I can get into more detail. So uh, I started off with the Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, panel, 
Uh, then I went to It's Debatable, which was about um, TV critics. Uh, then I went to Wayward Pines. I tried and failed to get into junk history. <laughs> I went into power for 15 minutes. And then the <laughs> FX Comedy Night, uh, which I really enjoyed. So, I mean, yeah, I can go into some detail. Like, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine panel was just hilarious. Like, it, near the end of the panel, uh, there was these two people trying to leave early to get to another panel, and Chelsea Peretti just harassed them the entire <laughs> yeah. slow walk around the back of the, the room and out the door. It was just hilarious to watch this. Yeah, I, I, got, I went to that, too, and it was it was really funny because they were doing a little bit of a Q&A, and somebody had had jumped out like that was right there near the door and she said and Chelsea Purdy was like well we lost a couple of people on that one and then on the next question these two ladies were in the far like right which was the farthest you could be away from where the door to get in and out was and so they got up and they're filtered along the back and and she's like yeah we lost two more what did we say? Why? What? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and then she wouldn't stop as they kept coming closer and closer to the door. And then the lady was like, no, we we love you and the show. But and she's like, the, and where are you going? Well, we're headed, we need to get to a, another panel. So there's somebody you love more than us is, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, it was that was that was pretty funny, but that was also really that was the first sort of experience of they screened the second the second season finale, you know, which had already seen, but to watch it again in the, with you know there was like 150 people in there or so, the group dynamic on how funny that episode really was was interesting to watch, uh, to see what everybody was laughing at and. Uh, even though I'm sure pretty much everybody that was in there had seen it you know, <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, and then you had one of the co-creators and then uh, Chelsea Peretti and Melissa Fermero come out and, and Chelsea Peretti is hilarious. And so is, uh, you know, so is uh, Dan Gore, who was one of the co-creators. He, and you could see, you know, why, but then you, you, the Q and A was fun and stuff, and like I I I don't know a lot of the backgrounds necessarily all the time of of people, but it was interesting for me to find out that Chelsea Peretti uh, was also a writer on Parks and Rec uh, for like the last few seasons or whatever, which is where Dan Gore came from. He was also on that uh, before too, and so now she's sort of in front of the camera and. So it, that's some of the stuff with the panels that I find interesting is you learn these little tidbits about people or uh, about the people behind the shows or little tidbits about how things got created on these shows. Yeah, they were also telling us like all the like uh, I forget what their names are. Those two, the two stupid cops there, like just bring yeah. their own <laughs> props and do random stuff in the background of all the different episodes. Yeah, the, like, the yeah the, the stuff you see them doing in the background is not necessarily like. You know, some of it might be scripted sometimes, but some of it's just random stuff that they're just coming up with on the day, and it just, and it's just being caught in the background of a scene of them just doing, like one of them rubbing the other one's foot or something. Or... I think you said one of them was like sewing socks yeah. <laughs> or something, <laughs> just random stuff. And so, yeah, that you know, that type of stuff added, uh, you know, some of the. What did you do? Uh, what were some of the things you did on uh, Friday, Emma? Um, the first thing I went to, and probably one of my, my most favorite panels, uh, was the pitch competition. Uh, so that was really cool. They had 10, 10 different uh, groups that they had, I guess, pre-screened and had already submitted pitches that they had selected from. So these were kind of like the finalists. And they got to do a three-minute pitch in front of um, various network studio people. Um, and then they would follow up with questions and ask them. And then at the end, um, they would they voted and selected a winner. Um, and then that winner gets to be mentored by, by one of the, uh, the judges. Um, and then I, I believe they take them around and help them, um, try to sell a pitch. Uh, but I had a, a group of friends that was actually, um, pitching their idea. They had done a, they're called dream writers or the pitch is called dream writers. And they had done a Kickstarter campaign a couple of months ago and, and raised, uh, I believe it was 75,000 to, to film the pilot. 
So um, they didn't win, unfortunately, uh, but they were amazing and uh, they got some really great feedback. So I think they're ready to hit the ground running now. Um, but that was really cool. And then after that, we did the um, uh, Girl Meets World, Boy Meets World panel. Um, which was great. Uh, Michael Jacobs was there, Ben Savage. Um, the two two girls from the show were there as well. And then after that, we actually were supposed to have um, an interview with Michael Jacobs. And I don't think he knew where to meet us at. So like I had to, I had to kind of like figure out where they were. And then we, then we ended up um, going up to the green room and um, it was all four of them. So we had to sit down and they had nowhere to go. So we had like 30 minutes with them, which was great. <laughs> Um, and Michael Jacobs is a, a little bit of a talker, so um, we needed the 30, 30 minutes. Um, but it was really great. It was um, it was just really amazing having grown up on that show, being able to sit down, you know, with the, um, you know, uh, Michael Jacobs and, and Ben Savage and, and talk about that generation of it, and then everything they have going on now with Girl Meets World. It's it's just so cool. So I totally geeked out over that. Um, and then after that, I geeked out even more cause I got to sit down and do a one-on-one with Sutton Foster, who I have like a major girl crush on. She's incredible on younger and of course was great in Bunheads. And, um, for those that don't know, she's an incredible Broadway actress. Um, so I knew her from, from back in those days, but, um, so I think that was all I did on Friday and then I went and ate barbecue, which is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, that was my Friday. Yeah, for me, Friday was uh, was a little bit of a, a lighter day. Like Kyle went all the way into I went nuts. Although I did, you know, later on I did go to the Friday Night Lights uh, uh, screening at night. But for the stuff that was like official festival stuff, I did the Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, thing, and then went to the It's Debatable panel, which was. Which was really interesting to listen to. It was Tim Goodman from The Hollywood Reporter talking to uh, Tara Ariano from Previously TV and mm-hmm. uh, Todd Vanderwerf, uh, now, formerly of AV Club, now of Vox.com, and then uh, Daniel Feinberg from uh, HitFix.com. And they were just going through some of the, you know, some of the things that questions they get all the time uh, or, you know, and and they talked about you know how they're dealing with you know the ever increasing onslaught of scripted TV since that's what most of them may, you know mainly focus on and just uh, you know some of the things they they do as critics and and uh, and then also talking about some of the things they you know they're always hearing from people about like when they don't like something or they do like something. You know, and, and it, it was very interesting to to, to listen to. That was uh, another thing that I I liked over the course of the festival was that there was a lot of things and these types of panels that uh, you know, like this was a, a panel of critics. There were other ones with uh, talking about more about things around TV or like we'll t- I'll talk about it in a bit. But the, you know, the next day having some show creators talking about at adapting thing you know books or movies into tv series these other types of things that weren't necessarily around a specific show uh you know uh, you know a panel you know regarding a specific show or something like that i found a lot of those to be uh really interesting uh and and sort of a nice you know a difference than things that you find at you know like going to comic-con or uh you know other types of cons around the around the country or you know you, it, they really are trying to do the more movie festival uh type where you might find some of these types of things in addition to the movie screenings and stuff like that uh so i i found that that really interesting but for me that was uh that's where it ended on on friday for fest stuff and then i i uh i i did barbecue as well but not that night i did it that afternoon for lunch uh met up with the Kate Kolzik from uh, the Televerse podcast, and uh, we headed over for some Stubbs barbecue. Uh, and then, then I met up with her later, and we walked over to the. It's like you know, it's like a mile or a little over a mile away from where the main stuff is happening, where they set up the outdoor screen in a parking lot next to a hotel. Uh, 
uh, to do the Friday night light screening, you know, and there was just a parking lot full of people, you know, because it's open to locals and anybody, you know, so there's lots of people there with lawn chairs and uh, all kinds of stuff. And after a bit, some of the uh, some of the cast members from Friday Night Lights, like Adrian Palicki and uh, Stacey Oristano, and uh, I'm blanking on her name, but uh, the woman that played uh, uh, Grandma Saracen, and I think there was a couple other people that were over there as well. And as soon as they showed up, just a a large line formed, <laughs> like half the people that were there just like moved to one side of the parking lot to, you know, like get pictures and, and stuff like that. And then a little bit, a little bit before it was probably around eight or so, they opened this up at like six. And so there's just people sitting around in the sun for like hours waiting for uh, it to get dark. Uh, they brought on uh, the the surprise band uh, that was playing, which was the Hep Alien, the band from Gilmore Girls, and they did like a thirty minute set. Of... Oh, it's so awesome! I was so angry when I saw that <laughs> online, and I wasn't there. The video was just awesome. But it was funny as they announced that the band was coming out to watch. The crowd went from everybody was standing over where the cast members were to like. All those people and other ones just like swarmed over to the other side. Uh, you know, there were people using selfie sticks to try and take pictures over the crowd. You know, <laughs> of people to get pictures, uh, and and they, you know, and they were just all over there. And yeah, I was I was in the FX comedy night line when that was announced, and people were like, "Oh, I wish they had told us that before. <laughs> I would have gone to that." Like that they were. But that's be that's some of the other fun that happens, though. Is you're not quite you. Uh, is is some of the surprises that happen. Sometimes there might be, you know, not previously announced cast member that shows up to... Might get a picture with a doctor. That, that you might get a picture with you a doctor. You might. <laughs> you just a, might. In a Sunday afternoon panel when, when uh, not thinking that previously announced it, he wasn't on the, on the cast list. But, yes, things like that. You know, so there are the surprises that pop up around the festival uh, that also make it a, a kind of fun that you're not quite sure... You you can't just blow something off, you know, <laughs> necessarily. So yeah, that was you know those were, but it was fun to sit. I ended up uh, bumping into a guy that I'd met in line at the Brooklyn Nine Nine thing, and I sat with him and his girlfriend, and we, you know, we like blabbered on for like an hour and a half about TV and what things we liked and did, like and stuff like waiting for uh, the the screening, and then they screened uh, the Mud Bowl episode. Uh, from season one, uh, and that was fun to watch. You know, they're in the dark, although I was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. Uh, but it's the price you pay for, <laughs> for, for this this type of fun, I guess. Yeah, that. And so you went to the comedy night. Yeah. Did so, you so, Did you as well, Emma? No, no, I went and ate. Barbecue. Oh yeah, that's right. You went. You <laughs> did barbecue. That's right. That is that the when you hit Lambert's. Yeah, that's yeah. the night I had Lambert's. <laughs> so good. Oh. Yeah, so the, the way the FX Comedy Night worked was they had um, basically a screening and a panel for three different shows, You're the Worst, Married, and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Uh, so they started off with You're the Worst. They showed the uh, season one finale and then brought the cast out, and that was just a hilarious uh, conversation. Cause, like, it was also fun to watch that, rewatch that episode with like a huge crowd of people because everyone was just dying laughing the entire time during that then married started and everyone was pretty much silent. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe there was like one, there was like one laughable part that everyone laughed at, but for the most part, everyone was silent, but the cast themselves, like when they had that, like Brett Gelman is, is like, he can cause everyone to laugh. Like the, and they had one new, um, new actress who's going to be on the show starting with season two. And she was like doing all this self-deprecating stuff about being divorced and a cat lady and, and all this other stuff. So, I mean, there was a lot of humor with the cast, but the show itself, not much. <laughs> and then sex and drugs and rock and roll. Dennis Leary came out first to introduce it. And, uh, they explained that they were showing us the first six episodes of, uh, the first episode followed by the entire third episode. So we could get a sense of how, like the premise and then actually see like a 
like a real episode. Like like you said, you, you, if we just watched the first episode, we wouldn't get a sense of what the show actually was. So I thought that was a good idea to to do that. I think anyone that likes Dennis Leary's comedy and liked Rescue Me is going to love this show. Like I uh, just and, and uh, talking to the cast afterwards uh, when the, t- the cast was talking afterwards, they were just hilarious, all like playing off of one another. They claim they're going to put up these these uh, panels, but every other word was F this, F that. <laughs> like, I don't know how they could possibly post this without, like, big explicit uh, warnings. But, like, and what I was surprised by, like, Dennis Leary said that he... Um, he actually wrote all of the songs that are sung in the in each of the episodes and then um, that the cast performs. There's like another person who's like from a show called like Victorious or something, some Disney or Nickelodeon show, because uh, you could tell this girl could sing. Um, and so I, the music sounded great. He apologized afterwards. Like he was all upset that it didn't sound live. Like I thought, like I was thinking, wow, this music is great. And then he came out like just apologizing over and over again, <laughs> like for the, the way it was mixed for the, for the uh, theater. So uh, yeah, I guess it will sound even better when it actually airs. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't looking forward to that show before, but now I'm actually lo- really looking forward to seeing uh, that show. Yeah. That's the, that's the other thing they, they talk about is like, you know, you go to some of these things and, Maybe it's not the your first choice for something that's happening at that time, or you you know you just go and check something out and you find something else that you you know you end up liking that you didn't know about. Is some of the fun of the festival as well. We'll move on to uh, Saturday. I'll start off with the Saturday was sort of my big day where I had uh, stuff throughout, or at least plans for stuff throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I went to the to adapt is to evolve, which uh, was uh, Noah Hawley who who do, is doing Fargo, and Brian Fuller who is presently doing Hannibal, and uh, Graham Yost who just finished up doing uh, Justified, and that one was them talking about the pitfalls and problems and things you have to deal with in you know adapting various forms of other you know other entertainment. Uh, in the course, you know, Brian Fuller is adapting Hannibal from the novels, or at least the portion of the novels that they have the rights to. Yeah, that was a really interesting <laughs> yeah. discussion on how the rights work and how you rent characters. Yeah, like, that they have like $30,000. Yeah, that they have the rights, like in one of the books, they have the rights to like every character in the book that originated in that book but not characters that originated in like the previous book because somebody else has the rights to that book and those and then there were other characters that they could uh from something that they could get the right to you know where they had to pay like per episode use type of thing to use uh to use that character it was the rights on the Hannibal series of books are are very convoluted uh so that'll be interesting to see how they you know, continue on with the the story because they might not, you know, they may not ever be able to go where they'd actually like to go with the uh, with the story. Uh, but you know, then you know, Noah Hawley was talking about Fargo and adapting from a movie to a uh, into a TV series, and Graham Yost took a short story, you know, by Elmore Leonard and turned it into seven seasons of TV. Uh, so you know, it, that those were like I said previously, those were the things that were very interesting. Uh, to me, but next, the next one that I went to was the. Uh, it was called "Turn Down for What: A Look at Testing and Focus Groups," uh, and it was uh, Kyle Killen, who you may know from the shows that get canceled really quick, like Awake or Lone Star. Or, <laughs> uh, I love when someone from the audience asked a question about <laughs> what do you do for a second season. Like, I'm the wrong guy to ask about that one. Well, he did have the best line in the thing where he was talking about some of the problems with the testing process is that when you test a movie the movie equals the movie but when you test a tv series you test the pilot and the pilot doesn't equal the series he said although in my case i've come really close to having that happen (laughs) (laughs) which which is true and lone star got canceled after two episodes but getting sort of a peek inside behind the 
when they do a focus group and how those things work and how the just because and and showing all these shows that tested really high that went on to flame out quickly and then all these shows that a lot of people consider to be some of the best TV shows ever that tested really poorly you know the testing process doesn't really tell it has like no predictive value really so it was it was very interesting and then he was very funny uh and then he brought on uh you know some other you know, TV showrunners like Julie Pleck and uh, Chad Hodge. Yeah, Chad Hodge, who's doing Wayward Pines right now, and uh, uh, Dinah Hiller, who is, I think was from Sony TV, does like comedy acquisition, and and then uh, also uh, Ben Wexler uh, was was on there, and so it was it was. Then he talked to them about some of the problems they had, and so you f- and the, you find out the type of things like uh, the voiceover with Stefan. Uh, at the beginning of Vampire Diaries, where the fog's rolling in, that came because of the testing process, and the network came to him and said, "We, you can't tell what the show is about. We need something that tells you what the show is about, like right there at the beginning." And Julie Pleck was like, "You're not talking about voiceover, are you?" And they were like, "Yeah." And so they sort of like forced her, and she acquiesced to do it. And so they found some footage of fog rolling in that they had captured during the filming of the pilot. And then they had Stefan record the opening of, you know, I've been a vampire for 100 years and blah, 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 and this is my story or whatever. <laughs> and she said, I still have people to this day come to me and go, I thought this was Stefan's story. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but that's but the show evolved into something else. But that came out of, you know, the testing process. And, and so it was interesting to find out these little bits and pieces of you know, shows that you've watched and things that that was not originally there. That was never part of ever a thought in Julie Plex's head to <laughs> uh, to do that at all. Uh, but then I did the uh, Boomtown and Journeyman uh, panels, which were, you know, small and small theaters at the Alamo Draft House, and they showed an episode. Uh, and then for Boomtown, they had uh, the creator and the director – uh, and one of the other writers uh, talking about the show. And then uh, one of the cast members was supposed to be there but wasn't able to make it. Uh, but then they did end up having uh, Donnie Wahlberg uh, Skype in from his tour bus in Boston, where he's touring with New Kids on the Block right now, uh, to uh, talk about the show. And we got to, you know, people got to ask him questions about, you know, that was basically his first, like, real. I mean, he had been on Band of Brothers before that, but this was like. The first thing where he was, I, this was still sort of an ensemble, but it was his first real big, you know, acting job where he was a, a major part of a series uh, that had, you know, the, that had potential. You know, it could have gone on uh, longer. You know, so it was stuff like that. So like, even though there was, oh, so and so is not going to be here, but they were like, oh, but we have Donnie Wahlberg via Skype, uh, you know, on the big screen. So they, you know, they had some stuff like that. Uh, and then I went and stood in line for the giant mess up that was <laughs> the line problem uh, for the Gilmore Girls panel. Uh, but uh, both of you got into the Gilmore Girls panel. So Only how? Because I had a fast pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fast pa- I think you had to have a fast pass to get into that. I don't know how many of the uh, people that did not get in. Because uh, I was probably maybe midway in the fast pass line, and when I got inside, it was already like um, they had so much of the downstairs reserved, and then like half of the balcony was already filled. So um, I don't know how many people <laughs> got in that didn't have fast passes. Yeah, yeah, I was right at the beginning of the fast pass line, and when I walked in, the whole bottom floor was almost entirely full with reserved seats. So there are lots of industry folks got to see it, but no match holders. Yeah, I I estimate based on how long the fast pass line was, and that it went past me where I was standing in the in the you know the regular line, uh, and that if you go by what they said, there should have been around four hundred fast pass. So I was around four hundred in the regular line, and when they came and said it, the the thing was at capacity, there was about a hundred people. I'm guessing in front of me. So my guesstimate is that 300 people got in that didn't have a fast pass. And uh, I think they really messed up on 
that because the main problem – I don't have a problem that I didn't get in. That's going to happen at festivals and cons that, you know, they they can't always accommodate everybody. But the problem is, is they scheduled this thing at night with nothing else happening around it. So everybody that did have a badge for the festival, this was the only festival thing to do, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and second, they like you said, they ended up reserving way more than I estimated would have been taken up by – you know, reserve seating for other people or VIPs or press or other panelists at the at the festival or whoever else they were they were having seats for. But when you sell seventeen hundred tickets and you have a twelve hundred seat venue and only about seven hundred, I'm guesstimating people that actually purchase a a badge for the weekend of those seventeen hundred actually get in to see your premiere thing of the weekend. I think that's hot, really poor planning. It's also yeah. really poor planning when they had people counting the people in the line and they know how much the venue seats and they they could have come along and at a certain point said, you might get in. Anybody passed here, there's no chance of you getting in. Uh, you might as well just leave. And then if you stand in the hour, in the sun for two hours, that's your fault. But I stood in the, in the sun for two hours basically – uh, thinking, being around 400, that I had a pretty good shot of being in a 1,200 seat theater, 400 fast passes, another four, four or 500 regular people get in. I thought I had a good shot of getting in, uh, and they they hadn't come along. I saw the guy clicking, and so I figured maybe behind us. But I kept looking at the line growing longer and longer and longer behind us. They never cut the line off at all. I was really surprised by that. I mean, like you said, they know, you know how many seats you're reserving. You know how many seats are left. You know how many fast passes they, there are. Yeah. They also <laughs> sold some tickets to people that weren't necessarily badge holders. They know how many of those they sold. So they knew exactly how many non not general admission people they would have. So why they weren't able to go through and say, no one get in line beyond this point. You're not going to get in. I just don't get it. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then on top of that, they started so late of actually starting to get people in there that they didn't start till like 7.35 right? instead of 7 o'clock. And when they did that, they basically – I think they got to a certain point where they were like, we're just going to start. And they told people that the venue was full at capacity. But I've heard from so many people, including both of you, <laughs> that that you saw empty seats in the theater – yeah. Uh, and so there was probably 30 or 40 empty seats in the theater that another, you know, if they would have been doing it on time and could have, you know, gone along and said, hey, where you have an open seat next to you. And, and then, you know, filtered in a few more people to fill in those seats so that they, you know, they could have actually got it to capacity. So it wasn't at capacity. They did. you know, and they, So people got uh, shut out. They didn't cut off the line. Of what was a great weekend overall, it was a huge flaw in their one of the most poorly run things because everything else up until then had been great. Yeah. And then yeah. with their premiere thing, they just fell on their face. And while the thing inside was great and people that got inside was great, you know, you can see it now. It's on, I think EW already posted it. They, they you know, it was recorded. But there were some things they could have done, like they could have told people, don't stand in the line past here. You're you're not going to get in. Uh, if you stay in this section, you might get in. Uh, they also should have known that based on the way they sold badges, that they basically sold out of their remaining badges up to their 1700 number after they announced the Gilmore Girls panel. And then the fast passes went really fast. So they should have known how popular this was, that they could have rented out the state side next door yeah, and, and overflowed it. into that. And since they were yeah. filming it, they could have just broadcast it. And while you wouldn't have been in the room, at least you could have seen it uh, on the night. Uh, there were so many things they could have done like that. But if they do something like that big next year, they they need to do things like that and, and, and just run that, that part a little bit better. I'm interested to see, you know, since I already said I'm going again next year. Uh, but like I said, there were you shouldn't buy a ticket to go to a festival for just one thing. I mean, Kyle and I both bought our tickets last year before we even knew what was going to be there. 
just because we're TV fans in general, and we knew that there were based on what has happened before, there would be plenty of stuff that we would be interested in, and so that's why we were going. And but the people that bought the single ticket or bought the badge mainly trying wanting to go to that. Uh, the other problem was is that their fast pass system crashed, and so there are people that tried to get a fast pass that didn't get it because the system crashed. And I'd be fine not getting a fast pass for something if I felt like it was fair. Like at least I had a shot, like I was able to get into the system, but I just was too slow. Not the system crashed on me five times and it was 10 minutes before I could even get into the system. And by then they were all gone. And so everything around the Gilmore Girls thing, like on the outside, just didn't work. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Still, you know, it was the rest of the stuff was was really good. And uh, my favorite panel probably of the whole time on Saturday was the Dawson's Creek writers room panel. That was uh, it, they had all these people that have gone on to big, huge shows. Uh, they were all there talking about the time on the on the work in Dawson's Creek. And they it was interesting to hear like them talk about this like being like their first job knowing like what all these huge things they've gone on to yeah, it's 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 very interesting to see what the the collective writers that had were in the writers room of Dawson's Creek at some point and what they've gone on to be the showrunners of since then it's a, it's quite an impressive group that was put together there and they also admitted to some of the horrible ideas that they had throughout the years. <laughs> and they took a poll, and I did get one agreement on Team Dawson, so that was good. And about half the audience, I think, was on Team Dawson, so uh, I'm fine with that. How about you, Emma? Anything on uh, on Saturday before we move to Sunday? Uh, yeah, I did the uh, the Julie Plack and Kevin Williamson panel, which um, they talked probably half Dawson's Creek, half Vampire Diaries, and kind of a little bit about how they first met each other and started working together. And I didn't realize that Dawson's Creek was actually based on Kevin Williamson's life. Um, and a fun fact, he is still friends on Facebook with his real life Joey. So they didn't end up together, but they're still Facebook friends. Um but yeah, that was a really cool panel. And of course, they talked about some of the, the kind of um, craziness that's happened as far as the social media explosion with Vampire Diaries and kind of the, the fans' response to Nina leaving. Um, that was really cool to, to hear them address all of that. And then after that, I, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Scott Patterson, who, of course, played Luke on Gilmore Girls for about 15 minutes. He's just as awesome as you think he would be. Um, super, super cool guy. And uh, that was that was it. And then after I did that, I went and got in line for for Gilmore Girls because I didn't have a press pass to the uh, to the panel. So I had to wait in the two hour long line where where people were fainting. But um, <laughs> yeah, two ambulances called to come in for people. That yeah, fainted in line. it was. You know, they they did try though. They were handing out water and they had pop tarts, and so they were trying to make the experience a little bit better. Yeah, I don't blame the the heat on him and and people that were fainting and those types of problems you know it's hot if you get yeah, in line you know and you're not you're prepared into. <laughs> that's your fault yeah uh, but the people way at the end of the line that we're standing in that they could have been nice enough to tell you you're not going to get in that's where i have the problem with the standing in the sun is right is that they should have all those people should have gone off and got tacos or barbecue or something you know like uh, I felt I felt bad though. Like after we did that, we went and we got got some food, and then uh, we ended up at the the closing night party with everyone. And I just I was so self conscious about how I smelled all night from having been outside like for two hours waiting <laughs> in that line. And you know, meanwhile, here I am hugging Amy Sherman Palladino and being like, "Oh God, please don't let her say that I smell. Please don't let her say that." <laughs> um, but luckily, no one no one commented on it. If I if I did. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to uh, Sunday, and uh, so what did you what did you do on Sunday, Emma? 
Um, Sunday, I did the uh, Dawson's Creek script reading, which was amazing. They had girl reading, girls reading guys' parts and guys reading girl parts. And, of course, Kerr Smith was actually there, who, of course, played Jack on Dawson's Creek. Um, he was reading for Jen Lindley's role, uh, Michelle Williams's part. Um, so that was amazing and hysterical. And I think they're probably going to do something like that in future years, considering how well received it was. Um, so if people go in the future, I definitely recommend checking that out if they do it again. Um, and then after that, I had the leftovers panel and that was amazing because no one expected Christopher Eccleston to be there. So like that was a, a huge, huge thing. Um, and that was just a really cool panel in general. Um, I could sit and listen to Damon Lindelof talk about, you know, making TV for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Cause of course I was a huge lost fan girl. So, um, that was really cool. And they had one cast member there who, um, if you if you're wanting to remain completely spoiler free about the leftovers, you probably shouldn't look up anything about who all the guests <laughs> were because they they had someone there that would be a bit of a spoiler alert. Um, even though they didn't confirm it, I think it was kind of obvious because she was or she or he was talking about filming. Um, but that's all I'll say on that. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I went to those same two things. Um, the Dawson's Creek, the thing that confused me, like the guy and girl thing provided some laughs, but Patrick Adams looked like Dawson and Mae, Mae Whitman looked like Joey, but they were reversed and that just threw me off like uh, like with the um, with when they were reading the scripts. But I, I thought that was a lot of fun. I just barely made it into that because uh, I was in the suits panel. Which... <laughs> Kyle was literally the last person that got in to that. I think there might have been five more people after me, but really? still, it was close. But I, I really enjoyed that they showed the, the season premiere of Suits, which is great. Uh, and then I had to leave during the middle of that uh, that Q&A, which was it was another fun Q&A, but I had to get out of there to get in line for the next one. Well, I'll just and say I, is maybe they did learn from the night before and the problems because, as you said, Kyle, the guy counting on that line came across and said, you might get in here. And yeah, he was, the he said, group after and said, you're not yeah. getting in. And so he, you know, they were telling people, you know, it, it was quite a decent line that formed to get into this, the script reading. And Kyle, when you, when you texted me, I need five more people. They were in there saying, could you raise your hand if there's a seat open next to you? And they, they counted up and they're like, there's five more seats. And so I was like, dude, you're going to get in. The person looked at my watch that had the notification from you. And she's like, I don't know what kind of watch that is, but I love it. Like. <laughs> that really was the, that was the only, I, I went to the director's thing where it was uh, some, a lot of TV directors uh, talking about what it's like working as a director in, in the, when you're a director as part of the creation process or when you're a director as, you know, you're just brought on to, like, shoot an episode of something or where you're – some are, you know, like a director and executive producer. So you're producing sometimes and then sometimes you're directing and then you're working with the directors. Uh, there was a lot of uh, interesting stuff like that. Uh, but the, the Dawson's Creek thing really was I, – I wasn't even planning on doing that. I was going to go to something else and then – I decided to go to that, and I got in line and got inside for that, and that turned out to be really fun. And I, I agree, Emma. It's probably going to be something that they that they do going forward. Is there's going to be some sort of a script reading uh, from some show where they do because uh, they had I can't is, is, her name's like Luann something the the woman that played uh, Grandma Saracen. Uh, she you know she was reading the part of Grams. Uh, you know they had. Uh, they had a, a bunch of other, like Nick Wechsler, Wechsler uh, doing like various parts of, you know, to, to fill out the script. Same with the guy that played Donnie um, yeah. Orphan Black. Yeah, uh, Christian Brunn. Uh, he was doing a bunch of other ones. Uh, and so just the whole, you know, group of people that they had doing their, you know, doing the reading. Uh, so I think that's sort of a fun thing. They can just like pull from people from the weekend. And, and create this fun script reading. Uh, but yet, but that was also one of those things that like I wasn't planning on going to and then I decided to go to and then it turned out to be one of the more fun things of, you know, the weekend. And so that's the type of stuff you kind of uh, uh, come along there and find. Uh, but uh, Emma, overall, what was uh, 
what was sort of your favorite thing that you ended up doing? Um, I think panel wise, it was it was probably um, probably the Gilmore Girls panel. But as far as actual events that took place, um, definitely meeting Amy Sherman Palladino was a huge, huge thing for me. And also getting to meet uh, Ben Savage and Fred Savage, you know, having grown up on Boy Meets World and and The Wonder Years, that was just such a huge, huge thing for me. And and they were just as amazing as you would expect them to be. So um, those are the things that really, really stick with me. And then to the the interview with Scott Patterson and Sutton Foster, um, I love them both so much. And that was just amazing to get to be able to to sit down and just kind of talk with them. I was actually um, drinking a Manhattan when I was interviewing Scott Patterson. So I like to say I had a drink with Scott Patterson. um, um, It was just, it was so much fun and everyone was so great. And and it was just a great experience. Yeah. And and Emma attended this press, so she got a little more access to some of these things. But Kyle and I attended as, you know, just TV fans. But you could still have these types of run-ins with, because a lot of the, the cast members were going to other things or, you know, you might catch them in a hotel lobby and they were very approachable to like, you know, go up and say hi or maybe get a picture. Definitely. Uh, and, and so that's some of the, you, you get a chance at some of these run-ins either before or after a panel that they were a part of or, uh, or just in general around, you know, walking around, going to other things. And how about you, Kyle? What was your, uh, yeah, so I think my favorite panels are probably like the Dawson's Creek Writers Room and uh, the Gilmore Girls panel. Uh, favorite event that happened was probably meeting uh, the Ninth Doctor and getting my picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I don't know. It's, it's kind of there are so many things that I really enjoyed. Some of these uh, smaller things, but I think maybe getting in maybe the Journeyman because that was a show I really liked, and Kevin McKidd was there along with Kevin Falls, the creator of the show. Uh, and, and then, you know, them talking about, you know, the filming of it and what it was, you know, what it was like for Kevin McKidd, what it was his first like lead role and not just a lead role, but a, in a show where he was pretty much in every scene, uh, and how, how like grueling that was to be, uh, as a, as an actor. So you can only imagine what Tatiana Maslany is going through <laughs> <laughs> when she's not just in every scene, but she's got to be a different character in it. Uh, but but also, you know, little tidbits like they screened the third episode of Journeyman, where Jessica Chastain was the guest, star, one of the guest stars of the in that episode that week, and it was Kevin McKidd told a story that at lunch she got the call that she got the part on Tree of Life, and as he said, and she never did TV again. She went on to become, you know, movie star Jessica Chastain. And uh, so that was that was interesting to to see and, you know, and hear them talk about the, you know, the behind the scenes of filming and of of a show that, you know, and, you know, where it might have gone, uh, you know, had it gone past, uh, you know, the 13 episodes uh, that year. And that that was probably my favorite uh, uh, thing. But uh, real quickly, what's the you already mentioned some barbecue there, Emma. What was the best thing you ate while you were in Austin? Oh my god, I ate so much food. I'm just gonna have to give you a list, not in order. Obviously, Lambert's barbecue was amazing. We had something called, I think it was like Piranha Killer Sushi or something was the name of the restaurant. That was amazing. The mac and cheese was epic that they had at the Roaring Fork um, uh, restaurant at the hotel. Um, and then lastly, Amy's ice cream, really kind of like a staple of, of Austin, Texas. I'm not sure if it's in the rest of Texas or not, but yeah, I never quite I got to Amy's. So I almost good. did. It was it was right across the street from where they did the Friday Night Lights thing. But when the Friday Night Lights thing was over, there was so many people already there that there was like fifty people out the door, and I uh. I, I didn't really want to stand in line at like ten <laughs> o'clock at night for ice cream. You could have got it at the airport. They had it yeah, in the they did have it at the airport. That's, That's where I had it. But yeah, it was uh, that that was one of the things I missed, and somehow I I realized today. That I never got any, I never had any Mexican food, any tacos, any queso, anything like the whole time I was there. Uh, and then I had tacos at Jack in the Box after I got picked up at the airport. <laughs> like <laughs> I had Chipotle. Yeah. I still say that doesn't count. You can't go to Austin and the only Mexican food you eat is Chipotle. I, I feel better having not eaten any than you having eaten that. 
That was uh, my first meal in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Kyle? What was the uh, I, the, was it the notorious pig? <laughs> the best named thing I ate was the notorious pig, which was a sausage <laughs> sandwich, sausage sandwich with like mac and cheese and barbecue sauce. But I actually preferred their their waffle fries, which I ordered the next day. There were like really really good. Uh, Those were good. But I really didn't eat that much. Yeah, some of the you know some of the more fun stuff. Uh, Lambert's was really good. Ended up eating there Sunday night with uh, Melissa and Lynn from the Televixen. That was fun, and it was pretty good. I was uh, I was a little underwhelmed by Stubbs Barbecue that I ate you know earlier in the weekend with Kate. You know the meat was good, but their sides were not uh, all supposed to be homemade and stuff like that. And there was there was nothing to them. It was like. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the, the Notorious P.I.G. was pretty good. I ended up at Frank two more times, but I think probably the best thing I ate was at Frank, but it was their caramel and and sea salt milkshake. Oh, I wish I'd gone oh back to that. <laughs> it was so good. Ended up getting that, like, Sunday night at close to midnight. <laughs> like, not necessarily the best thing to get right before you're going to go back to the hotel and go to sleep, probably, but... Uh, you know, still you know, hanging out with people uh, on Sunday night. That was after standing on the bridge waiting for the bats to come out that uh, never came out. Apparently, they never came out like all weekend that <laughs> we were there. Uh, but the the big bridge on Congress, apparently there's thousands and thousands of bats that live underneath it. And most nights at dusk, they fly out all at once. Uh, so that would have been an interesting sight to see. But... Uh, just another line I stood in and didn't get to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that was probably the best thing I ate. But it was the night. Uh, uh, but some of the fun events and things were really the, you know, the hanging out at night uh, with Emma, you and uh, the rest of your crew and Kyle at Frank, on, you know, on Thursday night. And and then, uh, you know, various other people throughout the uh, throughout the weekend, just, you know, texting people going, hey, what are you up to now? Oh, that sounds good. Where are you? <laughs> let's, you know, let's do that, uh, and then and then heading out. Uh, but I ended up, uh, you know, some of this stuff's fun. I ended up meeting up with uh, Mike and Nate, who just started up the TVI podcast. Uh, they're both local to the Austin area, but I and I still say it's crazy that they didn't. Go, they only bought single pass, single day or single ticket to the Rick and Morty event is the only thing at the festival they went to, and they live right there. Uh, but anyways, I got a chance to meet up with them, had only known them, you know, via social media and stuff like that. And so it was fun to actually meet in, in person. And uh, Mike got the, the caramel shake the night before, and that's what made me think of it the next night. I was like, he, he raved over it, so, and he was correct. But I think we've all sort of answered it. Uh, the last question is, will you be going back for season five? And we're all going to be there. Definitely. Even with their growing pains, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, you know, we'll see what they learn from the past mistakes. If they don't learn from past mistakes, that's where real trouble will. We might have to, a different answer next. Yeah, year. <laughs> that's, that's where the problems may arise going future as they try it, because they're really in a weird spot where they're trying to grow but stay small. Because some of what's interesting about the festival is these some of these small intimate venues where you can actually get really close to. Some of them are ridiculously small, like that conversation with Kevin and Julie. Yeah, like that felt, room was that room really felt small. so cramped. It's like a black walls. This cylinder of a room, like it's just so tiny. But then they did, you know, like the Journeyman one. It was in a seventy-five seat theater, but there was only fifty plus people in there you know it wasn't even full and so you know pretty much anybody could have got a question answered and during the Q&A because it was a 90 minute segment they did you know the 40 something minute episode and then you had you know another 45 minutes where there was a moderator that asked a few questions and then they opened it up to the those that were there to ask questions and so that type of experience is something you don't get Oh, definitely not a comic. You know, at, yeah. at like Comic Con or bigger things like that, it's uh, that that sort of interaction with the people from your you know favorite you know even smaller shows and stuff like that. Uh, so that's the that's where they're in that weird spot of of growing but trying to stay small and and with that you have these types of uh, of things and so we'll see what happens and uh, with that we'll 
end our ATX TV and quickly, uh, since Emma's really got to go, we've already kept her. Yeah, I'm, I'm running 15 minutes late, yeah. so I got to hurry. You have, do you have any? Do you have a recommendation for anything that's coming up this summer? Any show that? Uh, um, I would say if you haven't watched Younger um, on TV Land, that's amazing with Sutton Foster. Um, definitely a girl show. You probably won't like it if you're a guy. But I don't know. I girl, like the show. I've watched the whole I thing. Like it, Looking yeah. forward to it. Really? I love it. I love it. It's like my current obsession. Um, and then, of course, The Strain here in a couple weeks on FX. Um, a big fan of season one of that. So really looking forward to that one. All right. How about you, Kyle? Uh, so for me, just based off of what I saw at ATX, uh, the Suits season premiere is excellent. It's so much fun. Uh, so you have a couple weeks to catch up uh, before that starts back up. And then Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll looks like it's going to be a really fun show as well. Uh, I forget. I think it might start in July, but uh, look look forward to that. Yeah, and I'll reiterate, as I said, my until next week when it actually starts, Killjoys is my is my pick for the summer. Is that's that's my favorite show of the summer. So that's my pick. And with that, we'll we'll close things out. Uh, you can find uh, links and more information uh, to uh, our recommendations, uh, as well as the news stories we talked about, and also where you can find uh, Emma and Kyle. and And, and Emma's going to be posting a lot of these interviews and things like that that uh, she's done. So you can uh, read some of those, and we'll have links in the show notes to where you can find uh, both of them and all of that content at tvtimes3.com slash 278. And uh, next week, uh, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and we'll talk, uh, you know, some summer TV. I'm sure we'll talk uh, the Game of Thrones uh, season finale. And uh, But, you know, it's kind of a slow period, so if you've got a topic idea or any questions for us, uh, send those in to feedback at tvtimes3.com, and we'll we'll talk about those on the, the next episode of the podcast. And uh, with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And thank you again, Emma and Kyle, for, uh, well, joining me in Texas. (laughs) Joining me here on on the podcast for episode 278. Thank you. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do. Watch TV and have a couple of brews.